From WXXI and the Little Theater, this is Movies in a Microphone. Today's episode, we're talking about Drunk Bus. Filmed on location here in Rochester, the film is about a boy, a breakup, and a bodyguard named Pineapple. Uh, we're joined by a whole crew of the, uh, the Drunk Bus uh, filmmakers, including directors John Carlucci, uh, his co-director, Brandon Leganke, along with producer Eric Hollenbach, and stars Charlie Tahan and Pineapple Tangaroa. We're really excited to get Drunk Bus here at the Little, in an actual movie theater in person in Rochester. So we're, we're pumped about it. Uh, I guess we'll start with you guys as the directors here. So if someone is, is sees Drunk Bus on our marquee, what, what, what do they need to know about this movie uh, before they come and see it? Um, it's not all in the name. That the, the name is, uh gets you in the door but it's it's there's an unexpected pull i think um and it, it also means free alcohol if you come see it <laughs> do, it, do you guys give out free alcohol <laughs> no uh, no <laughs> no new york state has it where we can't even serve movie we can't serve alcohol in movie theaters unless there's um tables and waiting service so the state does not help us out there uh, we do it a little we have a cafe so we do serve beer and wine but we just can't do it in the theater but um, gotcha. yeah, do you have a, a pineapple themed yeah. drink for the film we're, we're gonna get some some drunk bus uh themed food in our cafe yeah and we're hoping to get a pineapple themed something which i think is is brilliant so it's a drunk bus so this is um it, right at the beginning it, it gives us that based on real shit can you, how much real shit was this actually based on? Was this just kind of the loose idea that you guys had? Um, I know that you drove and actually drove a drunk bus and Pineapple, you were the bodyguard to it. Um, yeah. Was it just kind of the framework that is true or were a lot of these anecdotes actually stuff that happened? I think it was a little bit of both. It was like uh, the job itself, we based the film on the job itself. Um, and then obviously Pineapple is the real guy, Pineapple was, when I drove the bus at Kent State University, it was he was my actual security guard. So, so that part is true. But the, all all the other narrative elements, like um, you know, the, the other characters and uh, the story itself. I mean, it's not like a that uh, we just that's all kind of fabricated for you know for entertainment. Yeah, there was there was like uh, you know the the framework as Brandon said, and like there there were some actual incidents um that that were based on real shit and also you know charlie's or michael's relationship with his girl at the time that that's based on real shit um you know we, you have to dramatize for narrative because you're making a movie but um a lot of it was was uh drawn from my experience in college and at, at that age as well as brandon's as well as chris's um, you know, Chris Molinero, our screenwriter. So, um, yeah, we all kind of just threw in things that happened to us. And, you know, like Night Terra is based on a, a real thing. Not, not what happens with her, but uh, my sister had a roommate in college who had a, uh, a roommate, no, a sister's best friend in college had a roommate, literally an arm's length across another bed who would just wake up in the middle of the night screaming bloody murder. And I could not stop laughing at it. And uh, I was like, man, I've never seen that in a movie. Like, let's, let's throw that in there. So, and then you just find ways to put it into the narrative. And, and uh, so, yeah, it, a lot of it's based on real shit. 
<laughs> yeah, that's something I think that's really funny in a movie, but would be horrible in real life. Totally. Yeah. So I, I asked a little uh, beforehand, and Eric, I know you, you've been in the area, but um, was this a lot of your guys' first time being in Rochester? Oh, uh, for, for us, yes. Um, you know, we, we've known about Rochester for, for a long time because of, uh, because of Joy Wave and Cops. There are bands that we've worked with several times, and uh, we know a lot about Rochester, but never got to go there. And uh, when, we, when we found out, we, we locked in on Rochester. We contacted those guys, and they gave us Steve Carter, who kind of brought us around on a – he gave us a day of his time. Why does everyone know Steve Carter? Sorry, that's another question after this. <laughs> the, the future mayor of Rochester. Steve that's, what, that's, what he, that's how he was introduced he to us. He has like 50,000 followers on Instagram. I'm trying to figure out who this guy is. <laughs> Seems yeah. great. He started uh, the Explore Rochester um, Instagram account. So, okay. so yeah, he, he's a perfect one to show you. He, he mentioned that he did some location scouting for this too. He, he also suggested the little theater. He was like, oh, I know those guys. Oh, and I bet we could get some kind of screening there, which I don't think he was part of this you know, lining up, but we, he drove us by the theater and I was like, man, that place looks beautiful. I would love to see a movie in there, but we just didn't have the time. Um, so yeah, it was our first time, but we spent a pretty good amount of time there. And, uh, you know, we got up there almost a month early just to start, you know, putting our feelers in and, and scouting. And well, there was one night we had a crazy snowstorm. We just walked for like six hours and uh, it's a, it's a very cinematic city. We really liked it a lot. Um, but for the other dudes, I think it was their first time too, right? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was my first time. Same, same with me. Yeah, I, I told them before we started recording that it's 80 degrees here. So if that was your first impression of Rochester, it, it is actually, it can be nice too and not just freezing cold. But um, for a movie, that's perfect. It's, again, like you said, cinematic and very visual. Eric, you've been there, you've been there a lot though, right, Eric? Uh, yeah, it's an hour and a half, half away. I, I love Rochester. <laughs> the shit. Yeah, it's an hour. Yeah, it's an hour and a half away. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite cities. Next question. <laughs> the sunglasses just scream movie star. So we we know we know these are big. We got big shots here. And not think, I'm not the movie star here. That's that's Charlie and Pineapple. That's for sure. Yeah, and so I'll actually go to you guys, uh, Charlie and Pineapple. Uh, one, one of my favorite parts about this movie was your guys' chemistry, your relationship. Like, you guys were so good together. Um, did that just kind of come about naturally, or did you kind of spend a little time with each other to, to get that chemistry in this movie? Well, I think when I, when I read the script, um, you know, it's one of those things, and I really like these kinds of relationships in movies where... Um, you know, they're a bit of, a, a, of an odd couple. Outwardly, they don't seemingly don't have have much in common. Um, you know, that you couldn't really say that they're, they're peers exactly. But um, so I think when I read the script, I was, it was so, I knew it was something that, that had to, um, that it was all gonna be about um, casting and, uh, and chemistry that was built behind the scenes. So I think we did try to do that um, at first and, we had these rehearsal sessions uh, in, in, in New York, I think, um, and Pineapple flew in from Austin. But um, it kind of just evolved into us hanging out and, um, and messing around. And then when it was time to shoot, we, you know, me and Pineapple were spending every day together. And it turned, it turned into this, to something that um, 
we didn't have to, to force or, or, or chase after or, you know, come up with, with conversation cards of what we were, you know, it was, it was just, you know, two people hanging out. And then, uh, and I think in real life, me and Pine, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, pineapple hates me, um, <laughs> but I love pineapple. And um, I think we have a, a, a pretty good dynamic in real life that, that, that translates to screen. And I think as soon as I met pineapple, I was kind of like, oh, this is what that is. Um, and you don't need to um, explain it in the movie why it works. It just, it just sort of does, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and so pineapple, how much of this character was based, how much is like based on the real pineapple as opposed to more of a fictionalized version of, of you? Oh, it's it's very dramatized. It's very like fictional. Um, even like seeing if you've seen the movie and then hearing me talk now, I normally talk a lot more different. I'm a lot more calm, a lot more monotone, a lot more, you know, flatline. And for the role, it took a lot of preparation just to, you know, go bigger, get out, because um, I was a lot more uh, like the character, I guess, back in college, but it was still like, still a lot, it was still like at 11, where I'm normally in college, like a six, and now I'm like a two, you know what I mean? So it's um, definitely a lot uh, more work to get work up for it and you know it uh yeah it was uh it, it was a lot of fun i had a great acting coach and uh had great directors behind me and a producer that believed in me and uh yeah it really helped so, so you don't have but a lot of people these days uh it's not part of no, no I, I think the last person i had but it was like 2005 so and i actually have a scar from it like right here the year <laughs> i remember it Instead of giving away free beer for this movie, we'll give away free headbutts instead. That could be that could be the, the trade-off here. Uh, so I guess this is for you, Eric, and, and for the directors as well. Was there any thought of casting someone else's pineapple, or did you guys always know that you had to get the actual pineapple for this? Well, the, the guys were all about pineapple to play pineapple, and I, I just wanted to support their, their creative decision there. And and then obviously getting to meet Pineapple, it's like, how can we find this guy? It's, he's gotta be the person. Yeah, definitely. Um, sorry, there's a very large truck that just parked right outside of my apartment. I wanna go get him. <laughs> I mean, I, we're in Brooklyn right now and I live on the Bring street. him over, bring the truck guy. Our ride's here, we got our Ubers, we gotta go. Truck. It's Uber truck. Um, so <laughs> we, um, you know, pineapple was kind of always attached from the beginning. I think, I think it was like, you know, pineapple said this last night, which I completely forgot. It was like, hey, we might bring you in as a consultant. I think it was the start of the conversation, and then it was just like, why not? I mean, other filmmakers have done this. Why not just bring the real guy in? And he's he's obviously they broke the mold after him. So let's let's try and embrace that and make it work. And it will also challenge us as, as directors to kind of bring something out of a non-traditional actor uh, and see, see if that's something we can do, um, which kind of jumped at the opportunity. And we just, we worked with Pineapple for years 
kind of crafting the character, tweaking his dialogue. We got him an acting coach in Austin. Uh, he excelled there. And um, yeah, we just kind of felt like this is, this is the right choice. We did think about maybe some other actors with face paint, but then it just, it wouldn't have made sense. But the thing that really solidified it was when uh, we introduced uh, him to Charlie and they just had this instant kind of uh, palpable chemistry. And it was uh, very exciting to watch. And, you know, we had these characters voices in our head for five years, but then actually watching them interact with each other and come alive was, it was a magic moment. It was great. Because of the truck, I didn't, Get to say this but going back to the headbutt thing for a second i remember going into pineapple's uh, apartment which is near this like shitty arby's which eventually became beefies uh roast beefies and um i walked in and pineapple headbutted me and i remember i think that was and then he did it a bunch of other times after that but like it was my first headbutt my first like you know and i the only way i can describe it is i felt like legitly my brain like rattled in the back of my head like my whole brain went back like it was uh it's terrible yeah you're a piece of shit pineapple brandon oh. brandon was that in 2005 this was last summer <laughs> yeah no it was, it was it a soft headbutt or like a full bore like no oh, full i mean i think pineapple i think you may have been drunk right oh yeah no at the time i was and I, I quit drinking since, so. <laughs> because of that night. Yes. And right. you used to smoke camel wides. It's crazy. A lot of camel wide. <laughs> <laughs> so Pineapple, you, I know you've, you've done some acting before, right? But any, any role as, as big as this uh, before you did this movie? No, not at all. Uh, I was always just like a um, <clears throat> one or two days on set kind of guy and uh, a couple of uh, small commercials like here and there, but uh, not even like national stuff. It was just all really small roles. I think my biggest role was in, uh, uh, besides this, was in Terrence Malick's song, Jasong. I was on set for only like two days and I'm on camera for like, you know, 30 seconds or so in the movie. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you were you were terrific in this. So you, you wouldn't be able to tell that this was one of your first extended roles, uh, which was great. Um, oh, Charlie, awesome. I thought you. How did you um, prepare a little for this? Did you get to drive some buses beforehand for to uh, to actually get in the the uh, the mood of a bus driver? We had, yeah. I think there was a, a parking lot that I I, I kind of learned the uh, uh, you know the the bells and whistles a little bit, but it was more just to make it seemed like I knew what I was doing when we were filming on the interior uh, of the bus. I, mean, I, I have no idea how to drive a bus. Um, and I did not really for this. Um, but uh, yeah, I definitely learned a little bit of, you know, how, how to start it and, you know, how, you know, I definitely, we figured out, I think that I was, I kept, I was obsessed with the wheel. I didn't, I couldn't figure out if I wanted the wheel to be flat or to be to be upwards, so that was mainly what I was thinking about. I kept being like, "Oh, are my arms gonna look weird if I'm like this, or is it gonna look too much like a car?" I don't really remember what the question was, but <laughs> Charlie was very intuitive with the bus. He he got it very quickly, and uh, we would get progress reports because we were like, "Shit, can our can our lead drive the bus?" And it was like, "Oh, he's killing it. He's crushing it. First day, he's doing really well." It's uh. Good job, Charlie. 
Have you seen, by the way, have you seen, speaking of steering wheels, have you seen the UK poster? The wheel is like, like this. Because you, you drive this thing, you know, these buses move like this and make wide turns. They Photoshop this, this, uh, <laughs> this vertical steering wheel. It looks ridiculous. It's like you drive. Uh, this, it's like a school this. bus too. Yeah. Anyway. That's, that's a little inside fact. knowledge about buses. I like it. I, I mainly ask that as I don't think I could drive a bus without like crashing it, like trying to make a turn and just like running into really the curb. I did it for like a, a you know half a day. It's you forget how big your butt is. Like you, it's <laughs> yeah. it's so easy. You know, it's it's all air brakes. Yeah, and the mirrors are steering. The mirrors are so good that you, you don't really think of it as like a however foot bus it is. It kind of becomes a car after you've done it for a little while. It's therapeutic and I mean, Pineapple, you love driving too, right? Yeah, man, it was a, a lot of fun. I haven't driven a bus since college and whenever I got behind the wheel, it's like second nature. So the, um, I wanna go back to the filming in Rochester again. So obviously that's an interesting angle for, for our, our audiences. Now, when I was watching, I was looking for specific stuff. So I'm like, okay, there's St. Paul Street. I can see that there's Worldwide News. Um, were there any other specific locations that people can look out for that you that you recall shooting here, here in yeah, Eric, why, why don't you take that one? So you, you kind of know the area a little bit better. Well, our, our, uh, our college campus was RIT. We just changed it to uh, Kent Institute of Technology, basically changing an R to a K. Um, yeah, right around yeah St. Paul, around Genesee Brewing, all in that section. There's an apartment that's um, we filmed a lot at the Riverside Hotel that uh, I, we hear no longer exists. Um, yeah, we basically and then we filmed at a storage unit. Um, we had three zones, but relatively close to downtown, most of the movie. I think the first one that you would never recognize is Devo Ted's apartment, which was uh, the GM suite at the Rochester Riverside that was shared by Brandon and I. GM suite. It was this horrible, like, 80s decor with, like, you know, standard hotel, you know, aesthetic. And then it had a, a glass brick bar from, like, Miami <laughs> Vice. And then it had this... this um, fluorescent drop tile ceiling space odyssey like yeah like some kubrick weird thing and we were just like and we hadn't we hadn't found his apartment yet we walked in and we were immediately like holy shit this is devo ted's apartment and then once it became devo ted's apartment we just kept it that way and we just all kind of partied in there after every weekend but um I had a great view of the city though it was huge you just you just shit on the decor as soon as the hotel shuts down you've been you've You've been saying how beautiful the architecture is in that in that room. Shut up. They they can't find me now. So I don't I don't give a shit. Um, so yeah, and, and like we called it the top of the rock or the rotch rather because we had this great view of uh, vista of the Genesee River and we also I, I don't ever remember calling it that. I don't, call it that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that. First time I'm hearing this. It clearly it's didn't. Right now. It, uh, yeah, it only stuck with me, I guess. But um, I'm trying to think of where else we shot. There was that that train overpass next to that apartment building, which I wouldn't remember the street name. Right Genesee, or Genesee. Yeah, Genesee River, uh, or that the beer, the brewery over there. Oh, Paul, yeah next yeah. to the river and then also our sledding hill was just across the street from there um by the train yeah 
where else? Oh yeah, I know. I noticed that because there's the yeah, that's right where the the landing is where you can look at the falls. Because I, I noticed the art along the uh, along right. the there. Yeah. yeah. Um, the bus depot was kind of outside the city. I don't remember exactly where that was. Um, but the um, interesting thing is that we we shot we shot like uh, ten days. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, Erica, on the stage. And that was all, and people haven't really commented on that, which is really nice to hear. People don't like say, oh, yeah. okay. Everyone, everyone keeps asking if I was driving, how, how I learned how to drive the bus and stuff. And yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I know, it's awesome. But like the interesting thing is that we shot that, we couldn't find a, uh, couldn't find a, um, what's it called? A studio soundstage that was big enough for to bring the bus in. Oh yeah, that was a bummer. So, um, so the sorry, it smells like something's burning. Is something burning in here? Oh, my apartment's on fire. <laughs> I can't, can't focus. It's like it's the interview though. Before. Anyways, um, so <laughs> we got a so we got a storage facility. Um, and Eric, Eric, tell tell us about that. That was that was pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> great, great uh, segue to to me. Uh, yeah, it was just a storage unit that we could uh, properly pull a bus into. Um, they, they also store a lot of cars and vehicles. Uh, so it was a fairly new, just on the fringe of downtown. And um, just know, on the fringe. Night, each department had their own unit, like storage unit that they pushed all their equipment in. And uh, it, it worked out great. We ended up, you know, doing what they call poor man's process. Uh, we had projection screens of VFX plate shots that were uh, at RIT, um, you know, all our campus loop around RIT's uh, campus. So every time, you know, Charlie was driving or we'd see, you know, that front shot um, that was actually um, done on a, what, our, our made up stage, so to speak. Movie magic. I feel like when I edit this, I just need um, Eric and Charlie side by side with the sunglasses <laughs> doing the posing. That's really all we need to help sell this movie. Just the coolness of that. I'm gonna go get sunglasses. I got plenty of sunglasses. <laughs> I mean, only if it's sunny. You don't. You don't have to. Yeah, I left mine in the other room, and I feel I feel left out. <laughs> um, so I, I, I was wondering too. The uh, I, I know you, this film was gonna premiere in 2020. I think South by Southwest, and obviously it was a tough year for movie theaters, the movie industry, like last year sucked we know that so what does it mean finally that this movie is coming out after all this time it's playing in movie theaters virtually um you guys are able to do stuff you know what what is kind of the excitement around finally the release of drunk bus uh, i'll start with you guys as the directors um i i think the biggest I, you know it's just getting people to finally watch it regardless of this format you know it's we haven't had the the real cinematic experience of enjoying it in a crowded theater with people to really understand how it's going to be accepted as a, you know, a collective, but- um, Or not. Yeah, or, or everyone just walks out of the theater and gives the finger to the screen and then, you know, I want my money back. But um, it's kind of like, you know, you remember in Terminator when Kyle Reese comes back from a, a night out of, you know, resistance fighting and he sees those two kids looking at a, burned out television screen with a fire inside of it. And they're just like enjoying it. It's kind of like that sort of adaptation to, to this. I don't know and you can know. quote John on that yeah, one. You can, <laughs> yes, you can. You can print that one. Um, yeah, you know, it's, 
it's it, it's really exciting to to do all these things. We had our premiere last night, and it was great to have a Q and A with the cast. And you know, we, we had a really great family and experience on this project, and it still resonates, even though we haven't been able to collectively celebrate it. Um, I don't know. We're just thankful that we were able to get a company to show interest in purchasing it and giving it out to the world. So I guess we'll, we'll just take it in whatever form that we can. We're having little actual physical screenings like you guys are doing and we're getting virtual ones. And yeah, you know, that's, uh, I don't know. I think it's cool to see like uh, family members that uh, usually think I'm a fuck up and don't talk to me very often, like say something nice about me. That's, <laughs> that's like, <laughs> that's cool you know like my brother is kind of a hard shell is, is this going on live <laughs> i shouldn't say no we're, this isn't live no oh okay good i didn't even know what the format was edit out all the parts about brandon shitting on his family <laughs> <laughs> well stop in i love my family <laughs> i love my family too <laughs> I, I just uh some people are like uh harder shell you know they don't like uh you know i mean maybe it was because like previous stuff was like drone boning and they're like oh i love your pornography film brandon i don't know maybe they wouldn't say that you know so it's different but anyways it's nice yeah and i i, I love how much love pineapple is getting too that that yeah we we um yeah, last night we uh revealed that mondo i don't know if you if you know mondo or the posters that they've done an original poster for pineapple and, oh, for awesome. and that's going to be released today for sale right i think tomorrow they announced tomorrow. today it's for sale tomorrow yeah Oh, that's so cool. And yeah. you know what that reminded me of actually the, uh, and I guess this is a minor spoiler, but not enough where we can't say it, is the artwork in the movie. Um, who is the artist on, on the on the paintings that are- in No one's asked us that yet. I, I will gladly uh, give this guy love, but I have to mute for once. <laughs> it's, uh, that's the fire that Brandon smelled earlier. It's, uh, it, must, it must be a situation. Um, Dan Crouppen is the artist. He's, he's yes. from Brooklyn. Um, I apologize for forgetting your name before, Dan. I only met you once. I, I couldn't hear it anyway. Um, yeah, Dan Crouppen. He's, he's a buddy that uh, I met years ago. He used to bartend at this, this iconic bar in the Lower East Side, which is now gone, called Black and White. Um, I met him. I used to go to this bar because I knew the bartender. And the bartender, Dan, introduced me to this other Dan that was sitting next to me. And he's like, oh, you know, and, and I was like, oh, let me see your stuff. And we realized that we followed each other already on Instagram. And we were like, wait, that's you? And like, no, it's not me. It was very exciting. <laughs> anyway, so we kind of just kept in touch with him. He has a very, like, kind of sixth sense of humor. And he was sort of um, very on brand for how we envisioned Fuck You Bob's artwork. And he got it immediately. And... Uh, a lot of those ideas were his own. He was just like, oh, what if, you know, I can't say the last painting, but with this thing that goes around, and we were like, that's perfect. And uh, yeah, he worked so hard on all those paintings, like literally painting up until it was time to shoot. I think what you don't see in the movie is, is he's a super, super detailed artist. I mean, you can go really, really close and see um, other things in detail. So I think what we were talking about doing with our distribution company is doing some sort of like gallery event where we actually, cause he has all that artwork still and it's really, yeah. it's really awesome. Yeah. So, so again, 
Dan Crouppen. That's where you can put like his. Yeah, I'll definitely give him a shout yeah, out. Yeah, check out his stuff. Like he, it's insane. He'll paint it's with like two brush. Beautiful. Brushes. Yeah, it's like super detailed. Like he gets really, really tight on, you know, when it's painting and he'll pull back and you realize he's photorealistic too. Yeah. Like it's almost like super, same with Jason's art that did the Mondo poster. It's very photorealistic. They look closely to actually see that the strokes. Now I, I won't mention any of the paintings just in case someone watches this who hasn't seen the movie, but I do, there is one that has both Charlie and pineapple in it together. Did any of you guys do either Charlie or pineapple? Did you guys get to keep that painting? Do you have that like hanging up in your room somewhere? Or? <laughs> no, I think the guy yeah. with the shades has it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, Don't we wash the painting? No, Dan still has all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's lost forever. It's buried. It, it went down in the lake, and now it's in some, I don't know. Buried treasure in Rochester somewhere, these beautiful paintings. <laughs> he put it in the train, uh, underneath the train, that whole area where you can walk. Oh, the sub Rochester subway area? Yeah, oh, subway. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where we put it. Oh, yes, it's a nice hidden gem down there. <laughs> Charlie, I think I'd feel awkward if I had that hanging in uh in my house <laughs> that, that should be the first. i said i think i would feel awkward it's a mood setter eric you'll be good um yeah you should, that should be the first thing that people see when they walk in your house just to give you an idea of like this is this is where you're walking into or do it like in the dining room so like when you're eating you have to look at it hello dan i uh I yeah i said like <laughs> or you just mass like produce it and you put one in every room of your house <laughs> i mean if you had that up behind you right now as the picture that would be amazing and just didn't say anything about it <laughs> oh, we should do a photorealistic like a face swap thing and get charlie and pineapple realistic that painting and have them like move and, and suckle <laughs> just well no we'll, we'll cut around that Oh, yeah. That, that wasn't a spoiler. It's fine. It'll, it'll just intrigue people. Although yeah. we are hoping people will watch this after yeah. this movie. Yeah. Um, I was intrigued. So you guys said you know Joy Wave and Cops, which are obviously huge, you know, musicians here in Rochester. How did you get to know them and how did they help out here with the with the filming and, and location scouting? They were just emotional support, I think. Yeah. We just hung out with them. But we, we've done a music video for Joy Wave. It's called, the, it's, called it's a Trip on jet skis with... When they get older, yeah. When they get older, yeah. yeah. We met Daniel uh, initially with Big Data when they did uh, Dangerous together because we did the video for Dangerous. And then we just, we got along with Daniel and he was like, hey, you know, we have a video coming up. And then that was, it's a trip. And then Daniel obviously was kind of, um, you know, the, the umbrella for Cops. And then he sang on a Cops track and we did that video. Uh, yeah, but they just, they pretty much just hung with us and gave us, they, you know, they hooked us up with Steve Carter. They had a Super Bowl party. I mean, yeah, it's a Super Bowl, Super Bowl party. We had an Oscars party, but I don't think they came. They did not. We tried to get them to like either be a, they had a lot of stuff going on at the time. So it was hard to adjust our schedules, but we tried to get them for a scene on the bus and like the college party and stuff like that. But it just, timing didn't work. I think Steve Carter may have helped us get in. So we we actually scouted um, Kodak. We yeah. went all over campus. That was amazing. Um, for, we were thinking of that, I, Eric, we were thinking of that for the, 
For the loop? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. cool. Cool place. The location that was. I feel like there's another movie of just all the stuff that's happening in your guys' background here in Brooklyn. There's so much like yeah, fires and <laughs> back to normal here in Brooklyn. You know, everyone's like, oh yeah. <laughs> Well, actually, maybe the horns on my end. I heard, I heard horns, but I think it might yeah, be on my end. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So, anything? I, I guess we're we're probably getting short on time here, but um, just to wrap up, anything that people should know about this movie? Um, uh, I'll actually start with you, Charlie, for this one. Anything that you don't, people should know before they're coming here to to see Drunk Bus? Uh, well, it is a it's a wild ride. Uh, I think we made a great piece of work. Um, and it's fucking funny. So watch it and laugh and, um, maybe get your heart warmed. Wait, that's all you can ask for in a movie. Like those are the things you want. Yeah, absolutely. There's laughs, cries, uh, spills, chills. <laughs> Eric Pineapple, how about you? Like, tell us why, what's the pitch for Drunk Bus here? Aside from you. <laughs> Well, I always thought that this is like one of the more memorable films, especially to watch with your grandmother. It's an experience you'll never forget watching it together. Yeah. We're, we're pitching it as a family movie here, bring, yes. bring the whole entire family. There's a scene on the bus early on that really will warm the heart involving a bodily fluid that you might not expect. <laughs> it's This plays right before the Sesame Street movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> we do have them both playing. That, that's quite the, uh, the double bell. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome um also congratulations on your academy award i like how you're very you know just modest about it over there in the far corner what that went over like a lead <laughs> balloon uh scott you're, scott, uh, you're, uh, oh the oh i got you <laughs> i didn't this is oh, uh, so i didn't even i didn't even realize you were talking about <laughs> it you guys it looks like eric, it looks like eric just got Looks like Eric just got back from. The I thought you were talking to Eric on it. I'm like, he went and I didn't do my research. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was the Academy finally honored me. Uh, Eric's the star in here. <laughs> that was very observant. It was very impressive. <laughs> I love how it's not your office. You're like, this isn't my office. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even work here. I just. Yeah, I was going to say. They're like, hey, it's like, this guy just broke into the theater and started using their equipment. They're gonna come in like who he shouldn't be doing this conversation with you. Who let this guy here? Will this play before the movie, or is this this will exist separate from the cinema? Yeah, we're, we're gonna put it on um, separate um, as, as an online extra. Um, so I, I host the podcast, so I think we're gonna try to tie it in as like a virtual podcast as an extra. Um, normally, what we do when we screen movies, we have a Q and A after. So normally, it, we would probably do something like this after the film. Um, so that's, we're really going to encourage people to kind of, after they watch the movie, to to check this out. Um, but I figure there are people who are watching who who haven't seen the movie. So that's why I, I figured if you give a little pitch of of why people should should pay attention to Drunk Bus or maybe see it twice if they've already seen it. See it four times. I yeah, like four five. And oh. buy it on all your different accounts. You know, don't don't rewatch it on the same account. You know, <laughs> exactly. Run those credit cards up, right, Eric? <laughs> well, Sure. Yeah, Eric, let's go for your pitch. Go for your pitch, Eric. I want to hear yours. You know, for, you know, especially those in, in Rochester, you know, we filmed this in your backyards. And 
Um, it's not so much a pitch for, for Drunk Bus, but making independent films is incredibly hard. Uh, and then to have it be recognized you know, by South by Southwest is, is a big feat. Um, to then also playing at theaters like the Little Theater, that's incredibly important to independent filmmakers. You know, we're the small business, um, you, know, uh, you know, that type of, you know, Main Street small business, you know, those favorite restaurants and bars that you support, um, you know, think of independent film the same way. So, you know, any tweet or share or like or, you know, just word of mouth. If you like them, you know, if you like Drunk Bust, you know, please tell your friends and family. Um, we'd really appreciate it. So that's that's my pitch. <laughs> okay, that's Thanks, guys. Good. And I think to that point, um, there are some places maybe we can plug in Rochester. Uh, the Spirit Room is a place that we hung out a bunch. Yeah. The fifth, fifth Frame. Fifth Frame. Amazing coffee and sandwiches. Yeah. Um, those are the Oh, we don't want to give like we don't want to McDonald's. Give, like, I was gonna say <laughs> donuts. No, rec the record archive was a great record spot. archive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Starbucks, <laughs> Arby's. There, there was an Arby's on Monroe and Monroe Avenue here in Rochester, and they and actually, since you guys were done filming, they tore it down. It didn't make it, so you must have been keeping it in business. I think we scouted it. We thought we were going to be able to shoot at an Arby's, but that didn't. The happen. hotel gift shop. Yeah, that was fantastic. Um, yeah, I got a- Papa's um, 177. Oh yeah, they're on St. Paul too. Yeah, I love, uh, you mentioned Fifth Frame. They have some of the best beer here in Rochester too. They do coffee and they also do craft brewery. So they're, they're an amazing place. So. Oh yeah, do that place that change. Yeah. They're Nashville hot chicken, delicious. That was amazing. There was also the Tapas place right next door down the street, which was- Yeah, Tapas 177, yeah, that's what Eric- Yes, was. that was very good. Yeah, that place is great. And it's so great to have all these places open again. And I'm, I'm glad you guys mentioned the, you know, the support for movies like this and movie theaters like The Little. I think that's so important that people get out and see movies like this or even watch them virtually if, if that's the best way to do it, so. Yeah, we're, we're so bummed we can't come there and, and see it in your, in your theater. You know. Yeah, I know. I appreciate you guys taking all the time to do this. I mean, this was a, a, a long, a long time to to chat with me. So I really appreciate you guys coming and doing this and, and promoting the movie and, and promoting movies like this and theaters like The Little. It really means a lot. Of course. Well, good yeah. luck and thanks for everyone uh, coming to see our movie in, in the Little Theater. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, Drunk Bus directors John Carlucci and Brandon Leganke, stars Charlie Tahan and Pineapple Tangaroa, and producer Eric Hollenbach. Uh, Drunk Bus is playing at the Little Theater May 21st to 23rd and May 28th to 30th. You can find tickets at thelittle.org. Movies and Microphone is brought to you by the Little Theater and WXXI. Remember, it's always a good time to take a little break.